Hey everybody. Before we get into this week's episode, I wanted to talk a little about Carl Reiner. Shortly after we recorded this episode, Mr. Reiner passed away at the age of 98. Carl Reiner was an accomplished actor and director. He also served in the military as a radio operator and French interpreter. He directed notable films such as The Jerk, Oh God, Summer Rental, and Summer School. He also acted in such films as The Oceans Trilogy, It's a Mad, 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 Mad World, and History of the World Part 1. He will be missed, and our thoughts and prayers go out to his family. I'm your host, John Murphy, and I'm joined by my co-host, Matt Hurdle. Hello, John, and happy summer. Happy summer? Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're into summer now. Oh, right. The, the first day of summer was just a couple days ago. Oh, yeah. It doesn't feel like summer. Today, we will be taking a look at the 1985 comedy movie, Summer Rental, directed by Carl Reiner and starring John Candy, Karen Austin, and Carrie Green. If this is your first time joining us, what we typically do is start off with a review of the film, followed by our very own awards, the Spice Awards. Finally, we will hit Did You Know, a section in which we go through some interesting facts about the movie we found on the Internet. This is a spoiler podcast, so if you've never seen the movie and you don't want to be spoiled, pause this episode, go watch the movie and then come back. Follow along with us on our film journey. As Matt alluded to, this is summer, and so we are taking a look at the classic comedy, Summer Rental. Yeah, I figured, you know, we, uh, we're we all kind of stuck indoors right now. There's not much we can go out and do, so maybe we can just kind of live our summer live. vacation through uh, this John Candy travesty um, of an <laughs> live accident vi- movie. <laughs> live, live vicariously through John Candy. Yes, and his... Uh, misadventures i guess you could call it yes definitely so the plot synopsis for this movie from imdb.com is an overworked air traffic controller takes his family on a beach vacation but is soon beset by a series of mishaps short and sweet i mean it fits for this movie oh yeah yeah i wouldn't call this movie plot heavy yeah, I, I agree. It's, um, you know, it, it's one of those comedies where, you know, there is an overarching story, but for the most part, it's just a whole bunch of bit comedy slammed together to make you laugh. Yeah, for sure. All right. So do you have a synopsis for us? I do. I've got the old long winded plot synopsis for you. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> <laughs> So in this movie, uh, it stars Jack Chester, who's John Candy's character, 
And he's an air traffic controller who's been working for a long time. I, I think they say like 17 years or something like that. And he doesn't hardly ever take time off. He doesn't take breaks. And he goes into his job one day and he absolutely completely loses a plane on the radar that he's trying to talk in. And he freaks out and his boss comes over and it turns out there's a fly on the radar. And that's why he couldn't see the blip. He got in <laughs> trouble for that uh, little misstep, but he's a long tenured, respected employee there. So uh, the boss basically says, look, you need to take some time off. I am pretty much saying you have to take some time off. So they don't fire him or anything, but they they tell him he has to take a vacation. And so uh, Candy or John Candy Jack relents and he winds up booking a, a summer rental, which uh, is just a beach house uh, at a beach. And he's going to take his family there and spend some weeks down there just enjoying the summer and relaxing, taking time off of work. So he rents the house. Gets the family together. They all take off and they arrive after you know a small drive and they get to this amazing looking house. Uh, it's right on the beach. It has amazing views of the water. It, it's everything that they wanted and more. They get all their stuff moved in. Uh, they get comfortable. They, they sleep in the, these wonderful beds. Um, and that really the only downside to the house or the neighbors are, are real kind of snobbish. They they look at them like they're crazy people. So they go out to the beach the, the first day and while they're out there John Candy or Jack Chester he falls asleep and gets horribly sunburned while the family's having a good time well he uh, he goes into the house he you know slathers himself in I guess it's like sunscreen or aloe vera you assume it's some kind of a burn lotion for the burn mm-hmm and they wind up going to a restaurant that night because he wanted its lobster. He's like, I'm going to buy the whole family lobster. And I think that was this night. I, I get a little confused on the timeline, but uh, I think this is when they do that. If not, they do it in a, in a little bit, but it doesn't matter. So they go to the restaurant and the line is just out the door and around the corner. They wind up waiting for hours and they finally get to the front of the line. And they're so excited because they can see the lobsters and they look delicious. Well, enter the bad guy. Uh, this is um, Al and uh, Al Pellet. Al Pellet mm-hmm. is played by Richard Crenna, and uh, he plays a great bad guy in this movie. But uh, Al comes in with his little entourage of uh, high society folks, and they skip the line and they go right in. And uh, Jack gets mad because he's been waiting for hours. He's like, why does this guy get to just walk right in? And he's like, well... We uh, we do take reservations from, you know, Al because he's such a local celebrity kind of guy. Well, Jack's upset, but he's like, fine. Well, Al goes and sits down with his group and they all order the lobster. And uh, unfortunately, that's the very last of the lobster. And so that's the last straw. So Jack runs over to Al's table and he's like, what are you doing? And there's a funny scene where uh, Al winds up pushing his wife and he's like, oh, these are your lobsters. These are your lobsters. And Jack's like, yeah, they're mine. And he's like, well, I suppose this is your wife, too. And he just pushes <laughs> the crap out of his wife. Uh, it's real silly, but they get they get off to a real bad start, basically. Uh, Jack in a fury is like, we're getting out of here. Let's go. And they wind up at this kind of dive seafood restaurant called Barnacle. And uh, this is where he meets Sully, who's played by Rip Torn. Uh, They go there, they eat, and then they go home. Well, later that night, they're in their wonderful house and they're having a great time when Jack hears someone trying to break into the house. And he's like, oh, no. So he runs downstairs and wakes the wife up and he grabs this statue and he's getting ready to clobber him. And 
the door opens and there's this nice family just kind of sitting there like, what in the world? And he's like, what in the world? And uh, come to find out the house is actually the wrong house. Uh, Jack and his family had moved into the wrong beach house. The one that they went into was uh, on a road that ended in lane. And he was looking for one that ended in like street or road or something like that. So they're very embarrassed and the, the family is real gracious with them. So they, you know, they pack up and they leave that night, uh, spill a bunch of dog food on the floor and uh, <laughs> drive to the new house, which unfortunately is a just it is just trash. Um, you know, the place is run down. Everything is is barely working. The TV's tiny. The beds are, you know, much more budget beds, we could say. And to top that off, it's located right next to a, a lifeguard stand on the beach, which is full of these, you know, hunky teenage dudes who uh, his daughter is drooling all over. And he hates that and uh, also is right on the path to the beach for public access. And so they constantly have people walking right outside their window, no matter what. Like at one point, there's some kid looking in the window and John Candy sees him and like swacks the window with a floss water to run him off. So anyway, uh, Jack decides that he wants to, to go sailing because when he was in summer camp as a kid, he loved sailing. So he wants to take his son. So they wind up going out to the barnacle again. Uh, they see Sully. Sully's like, hey, I've got these ships. And he's like, all right, we'll take one. And he's like, well, every ship comes with a free lesson. And he's like, no, I know how to sail. So they go out and they're actually doing pretty well uh, until they come across a large sailboat that's coming across their path. And Jack. He's convinced that the sailboat that is in front of them has to give way to him because he's a smaller vessel. And the uh, the big ship is like, no, he has to give way to me because whatever reasons. Well, they wind up crashing in a wonderful comedy movie twist of fate. It turns out that the boat they crashed into is Al Pellet's boat. And Al sees him and he's like, it's you. You put a hole in my boat. And. There's some terse words uh, exchanged and then Jack winds up sailing off and going back. Well, he hurts his knee in that trip. And so for the next couple of days, he's stuck in the boat or in the house. He can't really get out uh, because he has to stay off of his leg. So we move forward a little bit and uh, the, the kids and his family are all going out every day. They meet this nice guy and wind up going on a boat. And there's this weird kind of. Uh, mood where it feels like the wife is going to start cheating on Jack with this divorced dad who's got all this money, but that never really goes anywhere, and it, it's kind of odd. Um, but uh, aside from that, while the family's going out and Jack's stuck at home, one night he gets just, he's just bored. He's at home watching TV. He's dealing with this dog who uh, is adorable, but who plays tricks on him and likes to lock him out of the house and do things like that. And uh, so he goes to the he goes to the barnacle where he's like, I just want to get drunk. And so he winds up drinking and he makes friends with Scully, the uh, the restaurant proprietor there, and they wind up becoming really good friends and just getting hammered together. And uh, he apologizes for the boat. And Scully's like, you know what? I'm going to teach you how to really sail. And so they go out and they start learning how to teaching John Candy how to sail over the next couple of days. He's He starts sneaking out when the family goes out so he can learn. He's learning how to sail. All this is going down. And then he finds out that the landlord that he rented the house from has passed away. And so 
he he goes to the funeral because he has to meet the person who is going to inherit the house that he's staying in. Well, it turns out it's old Al. <laughs> and uh, Al basically says, look, you've got, you know, you got to be out of here by the end of the week. I don't like you. And the tables have turned. You punched a hole in my boat. You threw a scene when I ate my lobsters. Get out. So Jack decides instead that he'd like to have a little bet. And he says, all right, how about this? How about we bet on this sailboat race that happens every year? And the sailboat race Al has won for the last seven years. So he's kind of a famous for being a, a skilled sailor. And Jack says, well, if I can beat you in this race, you let me stay the rest of my time here for free. And if you beat me, I'll pay you. I think it was two weeks rent and leave. And uh, the guy was like, fine. So they do this. Jack goes back to his now good friend, Scully or Sully, and uh, convinces him to help fix up this sailboat that is basically a decoration for this dive restaurant. The thing is in just tatters. Uh, Sully agrees and says that they'll do it. And so they start uh, fixing up the boat. The whole family gets involved. A lot of the restaurant workers get involved and uh, they fix up the boat, except they can't find a sail. And, um, there's this little bit of tension as this uh, this character that Sully refers to as the dumb Swede, who's actually this Scottish guy, tries to get the sale. He gets it right in the nick of time. They wind up entering the race, and the whole race, they're way back in the back. They're losing horribly uh, until the home stretch when Jack looks up and he sees this uh, kind of amateur plane, like a, a Cessna or something, kind of do this little dippy thing in the air. And he's like, oh, I know what that is. That's a That's an air current. And he's like... Move the sails. And so everybody starts moving the sails and they catch this little gust of wind that just shoots them. And uh, they're able to catch up to Al's ship, but they don't have enough to pass him. And so John Candy takes off his pants and uses that as a sail. And that gives them enough to win the race. And um, in a somewhat blunt ending, uh, they win the race and the movie ends. Right. And so that's it. That's pretty much the whole film, uh, except you got to add in a whole bunch of bit comedy scenes and mishaps that occur. Yes. In a nutshell, that is the. And a, is it a Brazilian nutshell, maybe a coconut shell, a large <laughs> nutshell. <laughs> yes. But that's the whole plot. So, yeah. Uh, I have seen this movie a few times. I saw it uh, earliest when I was a kid and I watched a lot of John Candy movies uh, when I was growing up and I always thought he was pretty funny. Uh, he was good at playing the dope or the everyman, average Joe kind of guy. Um, usually yeah, he's kind of a master of that role. Yeah, he usually has annoying tendencies, grates on people's nerves. So that that's kind of his shtick. And this movie's no different. I I like the movie for its comedy and I like John Candy in it. The plot is not great. It's pretty straightforward. There's not a lot of depth to it. And as Matt mentioned, there are several plot threads that they kind of just throw out there and then dangle and they don't ever get finished like like the um, the supposed love interest that doesn't really go anywhere uh, from the wife played by the guy was John Larroquette, who was 
in like Night Court, the TV show, and a lot a lot of movies. Like he was, yeah, he was in Stripes. Yeah, uh, and he's kind of just introduced in the movie, and then he's all of a sudden gone, and then he comes back for a brief moment during the the race. So you know the plot isn't great. The the music isn't great. It's kind of almost like generic 80s beach music. However, there are a few uh, actual songs in in the movie that are good. Uh, there's one from Jimmy Buffett, and that's it's a pretty good one. But the the main score is just it reminded me a lot of like a, a video game golf score or it's a Mario real Kart. Strange comparison. <laughs> Kind of like Mario Kart beach level or something is what it reminded me of. Uh, but overall, I guess I I laughed a lot during this movie because it is pretty funny. Uh, but as a movie, it's not a great movie. It just isn't. <laughs> yeah, for, for my take on this movie, um, I remember loving this movie growing up. I, I was a big John Candy fan. I liked most of his films that I saw. And... Uh, I loved it growing up. Absolutely loved it. It's one of those movies that if it ever came on, I was going to watch it, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, watching it now with a more critical eye. um, I don't think it held up to the uh, levels that uh, young Matt held it to. Mm -hmm. It's very funny. It's a very good, wholesome, just family PG rated comedy. Right. And for that, it's perfect. It's exactly what it should be to me. Uh, light on plot. You're not going to a movie like that to see a real interesting story. You're just going to laugh. And, and it delivers on that. You you have all these mishaps that John Candy goes through and they're all funny. And he's so oblivious and he's just, you know, this overstressed guy bumbling through a beach vacation and he doesn't really know how to do it. And so, you know, I've got to give it props for that. I don't think it's a bad movie. Um, I also wouldn't say that it's, you know, a, a work of art either. It, it's just a good popcorn flick. Uh, for whenever you need something lighthearted to laugh at. Uh, I think if you look at it with that lens, it's a really great movie. But, you know, anything else, and it it's not. It's, um, you know, like I said, it's just wholesome, fun, a good family movie. Uh, a, couple of, a couple of cuss words, but this is an 80s PG, so you have to expect that some. Uh, as far as the music goes, I kind of disagree with you. I like the music. Um it, really? it is a little generic, but anytime I hear it, I instantly think of myself being on the beach and just like it's very <laughs> reminiscent of the topic of the movie to me. Huh. Um, so for me, I thought the music was good. Hmm. Um, all in all, yeah, I mean, it's it's not a work of art. It's nothing that's going to ever win an award or register high on a, uh, you know, influential movie radar or anything like that. But. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It makes me laugh. And, um, you know, for that, I, I give it props. I, I, I still like the movie. It's not as good as I remembered it being, but it's still it's good. It's silly. And, you know, it's a good time watching it. It is. Uh, they do a great job of portraying a normal family, like the chemistry between John Candy and his wife and daughters and mm-hmm. son. Like it feels like they are an actual family. And yeah, so that, they, they, they did really do a do good job there. Chemistry. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of times in movies like this, the, the family can tend to be kind of annoying. They'll kind of be these stereotype family members, you know, where like the teenagers are all like, peace out, dad. I'm going to meet a girl or a guy or whatever, you know, 
And uh, they're not so much like that. Like they have their interests and they they do kind of have some of those aspects. But for the most part, they're a family. They love their dad and they're going to support him. Like uh, like when he decides to fix a boat, they're all like, yeah, we're just going to spend the next couple of days working on this boat with dad because, you know, we love him and we want him to win. Yep. Pretty, uh, pretty true to, to form. So John Candy, like he back in the day, he was just the top comedian of his time. One of the greats. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, he's, he's in early 90s. Yeah. I'm sure we'll get to it. But one of my favorite movies of his is Uncle Buck. And I think that was just, you know, <laughs> that was a classic candy. And mm-hmm. but this movie is as well. But he's been in so many just classic comedy movies from mm-hmm. Planes, Trains and Automobiles to Wagons East to Stripes to Great Outdoors. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Mm-hmm. I think people recognize that he was he was it was just so easy to him to to be funny. Yeah. And so they wanted him in 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 those movies. He was he was definitely one of the the most breakout kind of heavy guy comedians that that I know of, you know. Yeah. I would say you've got Chris Farley and John Candy and John Belushi. Like those are the the three guys that I can think of of that stature that had great comedic timing and they were also uh, all three. Fat, I would add Fat Albert to that list, probably. But okay, yeah, I agree. They're they're just at that point that wasn't a big uh, wasn't a big niche. And all of those guys were pretty physical, like mm-hmm. John Candy, not as much, but um, they all had pretty good. They were able to move around pretty good and and do a lot of slapstick and physical comedy as well as verbal comedy. He obviously carries the movie. I mean, oh, yeah, 100 percent. The movie revolves around him. It relies on him to to do the pratfalls and be funny. And he's, he, you know, he's going through all of these issues. He's a guy that apparently has never taken a vacation except for his honeymoon, which I was like, man, because yeah. an air traffic controller is a stressful job. And the fact that he hadn't taken a vacation in almost 20 years is that's amazing. Mm. But he, you know, he decides to take his kid wife and kids on a summer rental vacation. He gets all hyped for it. Initially he's not into it. He doesn't want to go. And then he gets hyped for it. And then things just start going downhill from there. And Mm -hmm. it's just a unfortunate situation after unfortunate situation. (laughs) But he takes it all in stride, you know, and that makes him very endearing. I think stuff stuff just goes wrong and wrong and wrong. And he still just does his best to make the best of everything. Yeah, really. The only time he really gets angry is when he's dealing with uh, Al Pellet. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he cannot stand that guy. And I understand why he's a he a total jerk. Well, he, he does get a little bit mad when uh, he finds a stranger in his bed watching the Smurfs and <laughs> ashing well, in his sheets. <laughs> that's understandable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something um, I, I had been looking at with John Candy that I didn't know um, prior to him really breaking into movies and, and acting and things like that. He he worked in a member as a member of a comedy group in Canada that was known as the uh, Second City. 
Mm-hmm. And in that comedy group, right, it was John Candy. There was there were other names, but the ones I want to mention are John Candy, uh, Rick Moranis, Eugene Levy, and Harold Ramis. Can you imagine seeing one of those shows? Yeah, legends, all of them. Oh my gosh, what talent in that group! Yeah, yeah, a lot of a lot of comedians came out of that Second City group, but um, those guys especially were were fantastic comedians. I'm going to have to look some of that up. I've never seen any of that material and and hearing some of these names. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I've got to see some of this. Yeah, I mean, and I think uh, they were all good buddies, too. Um, One of the surprising things that I found out recently, uh, and I would recommend that you all watch the Reunited Apart series on YouTube hosted by Josh Gad. But he recently did a Reunited Apart with the Ghostbusters cast, Mm. almost the entire cast, the main cast. Uh, So you had Bill Murray, um, Ivan Reitman, Dan Aykroyd, Sigourney Weaver, Annie Potts, uh, almost everyone. Rick Moranis wasn't there, unfortunately. Um, But they mentioned that they originally wanted John Candy to play Rick Moranis' character in Ghostbusters. Hmm. Uh, And he was going to do it but he wanted to play like a german guy with a couple of dogs <laughs> hmm. and because they had already had the dog idea in ghostbusters they decided not to do that and he didn't want to do it after that uh and so they got rick moranis but <laughs> you know i'm kind of glad honestly i i don't think you can replace rick moranis in that role yeah i mean he's so perfect yeah after you see him do it 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 you can't think of anybody else doing it but you imagine John Candy as a German guy with a couple of dogs, pet dogs. I think that'd be really funny, <laughs> really funny. But I don't see it working as the uh, the key master. Yeah. And of course, you know, we we lost him early. He mm-hmm. he died at, at 43 uh, from, I believe, a heart attack. Yeah, he was uh, I think he was in Mexico when he had that. And I, it's a real sad story because he, you know, his he had a family history of heart attacks. And he had just, you know, not too long before this happened, uh, you know, quit smoking and started trying to exercise and stuff because he was afraid of it happening. And then it got him anyway. So, yeah, real sad story there. I looked this up and then I forgot it. So I may be speaking out of turn, but either his last movie was Wagons East or it was Canadian Bacon. And I can't remember. Yeah, I think think there's some debate, right, because they were both filming around the same time. Uh, it's my understanding that it was Wagons East, um, but uh, I think some people think it's Canadian Bacon because he finished Canadian Bacon, and I think he died during Wagons East. That's right. They filmed Canadian Bacon first, uh, and he they didn't release Wagons East until after he died, I guess. Maybe that was the... Yes. Yeah, yeah, it came out, I think, after he passed. Yeah. So when I was watching this movie... I couldn't help but compare it to National Lampoon's Vacation with Chevy Chase uh, because they are both movies about families and you have kind of an idiot at the as the head of the household in both scenarios and they they go to a place or they take a trip and just unfortunate things happen. <laughs> um, yeah, the movies are real similar. Yeah. Um, it's almost like they, they took... National Lampoon's Vacation, which was rated R, 
And they were like, let's make a more accessible version of this movie, which, you know, Vacation came out uh, in 1983. So this movie was two years after that. Mm -hmm. So that's uh, that's my guess. Right. Uh, They wanted to basically remake that movie in a more family friendly setting. Sure. And yeah, no, no doubt. Like it's almost the same movie. It's just in one case, they're going to a amusement park and in the other one, they're staying at a beach. Yeah. And I think, you know, the differences are that uh, Summer Rental is trying to tell tell a more heartwarming story overall, like a story about a dad that's stressed out. Things are going wrong. He's not spending time with his family. And ultimately, he finds a passion that he can share with his family at the end. Um, Yeah, it's, it's definitely got those wholesome sitcom vibes to it. And, yeah, uh, National Lampoon's Vacation does not have. Yeah, yeah. National Lampoon's is more about what stupid thing can Chevy Chase do next, um, mm-hmm. and doesn't really concern itself with family uh, togetherness or <laughs> anything like that. Uh, but I definitely was was comparing the two as I watched the movie, and I would prefer National Lampoon's, but only because I think I like. Chevy Chase more as a comedian um, than John Candy. Yeah, I think so. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, Chevy Chase's stuff is more subtle, I guess. Like he's he's able to do a little bit more subtle comedy. Um, mm-hmm. I don't really know what what the answer is there actually, but I mean it just boils down to personal preference. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think you're right. Like when it comes to being kind of the straight man. Um, Chevy Chase is a little bit better. John mm-hmm. Candy does it well too, but he does it differently. Like he he's more apt to uh, what what the ridiculousness, you know. Chevy Chase handles it more like uh, a normal person that's a little bit crazy would, whereas John Candy just kind of goes nuts. Yeah, that's true. We well, mentioned that this this movie is good at portraying family uh, togetherness. The chemistry between the families are good. It is what I I would consider a pretty accurate portrayal of a family vacation. Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, Minus some of the more ridiculous stuff. But from the get go, uh, they pull out of their driveway. They get down to the end of the street and the littlest girl says, I have to pee. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and finally on the way. That is that is typical for a family with a small child. Yeah, um, I, I definitely agree. Like in terms of the, the vacation movies that I've seen, the, the family in this film is really spot on. Like it feels real. It's very relatable and uh, is great. You know, and, and we had uh, two of the kids actually wound up being fairly famous in their own time. Uh, the, the youngest boy and uh, the eldest girl. The eldest girl was Carrie Green, who uh, she's been in quite a bit. She was in The Goonies. Yes, she was the, the the lead girl in The Goonies, which is probably her most notable role. She was in Lucas, uh, for those of you who know and love Lucas. Um, actually, she did Goonies before Summer Rental. I didn't realize that. <laughs> but um, yeah, she was uh, she was she had this kind of flash in the pan sort of fame, uh, just like the the boy lead who, Joey Lawrence. Whoa, <laughs> whoa! <laughs> yes, Joey Lawrence, who. Uh, Later became the teenage heartthrob 
uh, on Blossom. I don't remember his character's name, but he was real big Joey. for a while there. <laughs> was he Joey? Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. So it's kind of neat, especially Joey Lawrence, because he is a little kid in this film, like mm-hmm. like almost just barely a step above toddler kid. Yeah, this may have been one of his first things. It has to be. He, the, yeah. He's barely walking. <laughs> yeah, it was it was 100 percent his first movie. He was in some TV movies or TV series before that, but this is his first like theater movie appearance. And yeah, great job, right? The kids were all well acted. So uh, a good job to all of them. The the third or the I guess the other daughter. Mm-hmm. I think this was her only movie she ever did. She she came in, did the movie and was never seen again on film. Yeah, you can win some, you lose some. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, and, you know, acting real young, it probably just wasn't her passion. It was probably something, you know, she was like, yeah, let's try this. Why not? And then didn't like it and moved on. All right. Matt thinks the movie, the music in this movie, the score is good. I disagree. I think it's complete 80s trash. Saying that it's good isn't exactly accurate. I think it's a good fit for the movie, right? You're not going to find me driving around town blasting the background music to summer rental in my car. Yeah, I think heads would turn. <laughs> but when I when I hear the music, I, I think of summer, I think of beaches, and I, I think that's the music and not the movie that's doing that. And it's possible that I've just seen this movie so many times that now I associate that music with the uh, the vacation and summer and everything, but I think it's the music itself that does it. Hmm. Did you ever play Hot Shots Golf? I did not. Okay. Hot Shots Golf is a PlayStation 2 video game. It's a golf game. It's one of those arcade type uh, golf games where all the characters are exaggerated and they can hit the ball really far. And all I could think of while the score was playing was they, they, <laughs> this is Hot Shots Golf or the, like the Delfino uh, level from Mario Kart. Like, this is Mario Kart. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Maybe if I had played those games more, I would think the same thing. But um, as it was, it didn't. Mm-hmm. And I want to mention, there there are two notable songs in this. One is, you mentioned, it's the Jimmy Buffett song called Turning Around, which uh, is real good. It, it, you know, it's performed by Jimmy Buffett in the movie. Um, it fits it really well. It, it's a great movie. And the other one is a real oddball. <laughs> Uh, so there's a scene where the uh, the mom and the kids, they go to the movies. And this is where the mom first meets um, divorcee, uh, rich, uh, strange love interest that goes nowhere guy. And um, 
he has a, an attractive son and you think that the daughter and the son are going to get together and you think that the mom and the dad are going to wind up having an affair together. But again, no, nothing ever happens. But the the daughter, Carrie Green, and the guy's son, they share headphones and one of them is listening to the theme from Axel Foley. Yeah. Uh, which is really odd because, uh, you know, that I think that music is only on Beverly Hills Cop. I don't think you can. I don't think it was released anywhere else. Nope. But the movie uh, Beverly Hills Cop came out in 1984. And so I imagine it was pretty popular with the kiddos uh, mm-hmm. at the time. And because, you know, Eddie Murphy was hip and cool and all the teenagers probably love that movie. Um, mm-hmm. So it makes a little sense. Oh, I think um, it's awesome. Yeah. It just was very unexpected. Right. You do not expect him to be listening to the theme from Axel Foley uh, <laughs> on those headphones. Like I would expect some kind of 80s something or other. But I mean, yeah. well, I guess, you know, that kind of was. But you know what I mean? Like 80s pop, not a soundtrack from a famous movie. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Those those headsets, those 80s. Yeah, they headsets. take you back, don't they? Man, it looks like they have. <laughs> oh, man. It looks like they've cobbled together some kind of Frankenstein electronics and stuck them to their ears (laughs) i love it it's something else i love too is is when the when the boy and the girl first meet uh they're both wearing headphones right and the boy looks at carrie green's character and he's like "Uh, what channel you on and she's she gives a radio station and he tunes to that radio station yeah so they're not even listening to tapes or anything you know like the traditional walkman tape players they're they're literally just listening to the radio on their headphones yeah i think it's awesome that is a lost thing like the idea is that is not a thing that people do anymore. Uh, so, yes, the the score is horrible. The the actual <laughs> the actual soundtrack isn't bad. Turning Around by Jimmy Buffett is a good song. Axel Foley's theme is a good song. Or it's a, at least really a, I consider turning around the main theme of the, the movie. You know, the rest is just kind of background filler. Yeah. Well, one thing I wanted to to bring up before we we move on into the Spice Awards is just kind of the uh, the flavor of comedy this has. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mentioned this is kind of a it's a family film. It's PG, and, and I want to credit the writers for doing a great job on this movie. Uh, you know, the plot's the end. It's a it's really it's a lot of silly bits strung together so that you connect with this character and you're laughing as he goes through all this just mess of a vacation. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. It's written very well. The, the comedy is portrayed. You know, I throw it back to sitcoms because that's what it reminds me of. You know, it's you connect with the characters and you like them, and you're cheering for them to get through. But you're also laughing when something goes wrong. Um, there's not, you know, there's not a lot of bad language. There's some. There, there's not really a whole lot of sexual innuendo. There's just the the one part I think where the the lady gets the fake boobs and shows them off. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, I, I just, I, I like the way that this was written. I like the pacing of it. It keeps you laughing. It keeps you feeling good. You never really get down watching this movie. And, um, it, it's just solid all the way through for, for what it is. I, I think it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a lot of interesting one-liners. It's got great comedy. Like you said, the, there's that one running gag where, the lady 
is just going around showing everybody her boobs because uh, she got breast implants. But the husband is OK with it. He's just annoyed that she keeps showing everybody <laughs> her boobs like he's like, yeah. they're perfect. They're perfect. Stop asking no, the, people about them. <laughs> the, the basic scene is, you know, we first meet this character. John Candy's by himself. He goes outside to have some tea. She walks up and she's attractive and he drops his tea and she's like, oh, no, you should come over to my house and have some lemonade. I just made it. And he's like, OK, so they go over there and while they're sitting, she's like, I want to get your opinion on something. Being an air traffic controller, you must have great eyes. And so <laughs> uh, she just suddenly, without warning, lifts her shirt up and, you know, it's PG, so you don't see anything but her back. But his eyes, the expression on his face is priceless. And, um, you know, he's like, oh, those are those look. Great. And he's like real uncomfortable. You can tell. And then she's like, oh, feel up. Go ahead. And he's like, eh. and then he hears something in the back. And she's like, that's my husband waking up. And he's like, your husband. And he's like, no, <laughs> he's getting ready to leave. And uh, the, the husband walks in and he's like, not again. It's like, <laughs> I told you these are fine. You know, she she had just had a boot job and she was uh, self-conscious about him, I guess. And so insinuating that she does this all the time. Yeah. And uh, he leaves awkwardly. But the husband's just like, will you quit showing them off? Will you please tell the girl they're perfect? And he's like, they look great. And he's like, try them out. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, try them out. And so he, he squishes them a little bit. That's real <laughs> awkward. And, uh, you know, later they're they show up at Scully's at the Barnacle and um, she sees Scully and she's like, oh, being a being a ship captain, you must have really great eyesight. And you hear her say something like, what do you think of these? And then the next scene is Scully like walking very fastly away from the, yeah. from the ship. It, it's real <laughs> funny. But uh, I guess the main point I wanted to make on this comedy. Nowadays, in, in most comedy films that I watch, uh, there's a tendency to rely on shock, horror, shock comedy, mm-hmm. as well as, you know, grossness and potty humor and um, just kind of crass stuff. You don't see a lot of solid comedy movies that are just kind of wholesome at the same time. That, that's kind of died off. I, I don't remember the last movie I've seen that's like that. That wasn't just straight up kids movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess that's really what I wanted to to give this movie's props for is uh, making a genuinely funny film that doesn't rely on crass or shock humor to to make you laugh. Yeah, it's something that you could uh, show your your kids. Mm-hmm. You know, you could sit as long down. As you don't mind. I'm hearing an occasional cuss word. Yeah, if you're if you're completely against language altogether, you know, probably not. But I would say six to well, seven to eight is it mm-hmm. would be a decent age, um, depending on your kids and depending on your who you are. But it's a pretty safe movie. Yeah. Uh. I wanted to toss out some one-liners, though. Um, your wife's on my whammo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is what, he gets a frisbee stuck underneath a woman's uh, butt while she's laying on the beach making out with her husband. Yeah, so like they're they're laying on the beach making out, and they're on their side, and somebody throws the frisbee, and it lands right under her butt, and he goes to grab it real and all sneaky, and then they roll over. And so his, his hand gets trapped between her butt and the Frisbee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he says, uh, your wife's on my whammo. <laughs> I'll just get it later. Yeah. <laughs> he walks off. Uh, he uh, learns to sail at Camp Weehonk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> I believe it was uh, Scully that said he's a squid stick and talking mm-hmm. about uh, Al Pellet. This wasn't really funny, I guess, but the uh, the wind uh, anomaly that was caused by the plane or, or not caused by yeah, the plane. Yeah, it had a silly name. I couldn't remember yeah. what it was called. It's called a funnel gunnel. A funnel gun. I wonder if that's real. That's it's probably, probably real. real thing. It's probably yeah. real, but it's still funny and fun to say. Uh, but many, many other funny moments. And I will mention one in the Spice Awards because it's my favorite scene. Why don't we give this thing a star rating? All right. You Would you like to go first? Sure. Um, you know, I, I've mentioned this before. It, it's hard to do star ratings sometimes. Uh, in particular, when you're dealing with genre films like this family comedy versus something, you know, like Heat or, um, you know, Harakiri or, or some of these real artistic, serious films. Um, that said, this movie, you know, it stuck with me. Um, I like it. It makes me feel happy. So I'm going to give it a um, maybe too low score of six. Hmm. OK. It's a good movie, but it, it's not a great movie but it does make me happy. So I've got to give it some recognition for that. Sure. Uh, I, so I don't think this is John Candy's best movie. And it is I not. I don't think you Definitely think that either. Not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, and the, the plot is not really there. I think we both enjoyed the family dynamics and we enjoyed the comedy. Um, but I said up front that, I, you know, this isn't much of a movie. Uh, it's it's more you're going to see John Candy be John Candy. And so to that end, I think I would probably give it a five out of ten. Yeah, it's not too bad. It, it, it's probably a. Uh, I mean, well, I'd say probably it is. That's a respectable score. You know, it, it's not great, but it, it does make you laugh. Yeah. It's it's a fun time. But it's not, you know, if I had to pick a John Candy movie, it wouldn't be this one. Maybe mm-hmm. if if someone was like, uh, you know, I've never seen a John Candy movie. Uh, what's the best one? It, it wouldn't be this one, I don't think. So what which one would it be? For me? Yeah. Oh, Uncle Buck. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's Uncle yeah. Buck. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people would say Uncle Buck. Yeah, I, there's so many. I've seen it so many times and there's so many quotable moments and uh it's just and and the other cast is good too and uh it is you know it also has that kind of emotional plot you know there's you got a character an estranged brother and uh a family member that has passed away and he's got to babysit the kids and you know they're concerned about that because he doesn't lead a normal you know, stable life. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so it's it's good. It's pretty good. What would yours be? Is it The Great Outdoors? That's a tough one, man. The Great Outdoors is really good. Um, I also like Delirious a whole lot. I think he is hilarious in that movie. Okay. Um, I have a hard time picking my favorite one between, yeah, probably Delirious and The Great Outdoors. He did another movie, and I am really struggling to remember its name. But he had this kind of overbearing mom Mm -hmm. and uh, he was trying. I think it was like a borderline romance type thing. And I thought he was great in that movie. And I cannot for the life of me remember what it's called. 
So maybe I can't really say it's one of my favorites, but hmm. I really liked it. Okay. Yeah, I, see if I, I don't know what down, but I don't know it. Yeah, I don't know what you mean. You're talking about um, planes, trains, and automobiles. Also, that would probably oh, that one's so good. But I consider that more a, like a Steve Martin movie, yeah, more than a Jack John Candy movie. It is, but can you imagine him not being in it? <laughs> no, yeah, he really makes it. Yeah, it's only the lonely. That's the movie I'm thinking of. Oh, okay, I have not seen that. It's pretty funny. I recommend it. That was written by Chris Columbus, by the way. Oh, someone we've stumbled across several times. Yeah, he's a great writer. Good director. It's time for the Spice Awards. The Spice Awards. All right. We've got four categories tonight. Best actor, most underrated performance, favorite scene and favorite unfortunate candy situation. Mm-hmm. And we're going to start off with best actor. This is sort of not hard. Yeah, but it's a pretty easy choice. I wouldn't consider this best actor because, well, yeah, I will. I was, I was going to caveat it with it's not necessarily best actor, but John Candy, best actor. It's okay. Just barking. That's all. Just barking. Don't be afraid. Come on, Archie. He always barks at people he likes. Come on, Arch. He must really like you a lot. Archie, get your ass up here right now. Um, the movie hinges on him. It revolves around him. He has the most comedic moments. He has the best comedic moments. And you know, we were we were talking about John Candy earlier. This is um, this is one of the first movies that he really carried by himself. Oh, that, most yeah. of his movies, he's working alongside of a, a big co-star and they're kind of sharing the spotlight. But in, in this one, um, what Uncle Buck and uh, I think Delirious or three where he was really just the spearhead of the whole film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'd forgot that this was kind of his one of his first uh, starring like main draw roles. Yeah, he'd been in a lot of big films and he had big roles in those films, but they were always alongside really big co-stars. This mm-hmm. one, he was kind of on his own. Yeah. And I, for what for what it was, I thought he did. He succeeded. Like, I feel like a lot of people went to see this movie because of him, not because they wanted to see a family comedy about summer rentals. Like, yeah, they went. Yeah, to, I would agree. Yeah, they came to see John Candy. That's got to feel good. And he's not. Like he's not just a doof. Like he he has some yeah. some serious moments and some emotional. He's very yeah, uh, he shows some frustration. He he gets down in this movie. He gets angry. Like he's able to pull off all those yep. emotions pretty well. Mm-hmm. So for me, uh, I've got to uh, echo what you're saying. Uh, John Candy all the way. Right. Oh, okay. It's not a hard choice. He he carries this film. Uh, he's always fun to watch, despite you watching him for almost an hour and a half. Um, he doesn't get old. He, I'm always laughing at him. He's just uh, he's great. He does great in this movie and um, his acting's fine. I mean, it's a comedy movie, so we're not really looking for you know amazing, uh, dramatic acting here. Uh, and yeah, I think he was incredible, although I did want to mention an honorable mention here. Okay. And I want to give that to Richard Crenna, who played Al. Hey, 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 hey. Don't serve those. 
What, what are you doing? These are my lobsters. Your lobsters? Yeah. You got my table, but you're not getting my lobsters. Oh, and, and this is your table? My table. Oh, I see. This is your table. And these are your lobsters. You got it. I suppose this is your wife, hmm? Is this your tie? Nope. Is this your shirt? Mm. Is this your belt? Are these your shorts? Ta -ta 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 -ta. Hey, I have been driving all day sure. long. We um, I thought he did really well playing this kind of uptight, uh, uptight, you know, stay out of my way, you peasant uh, role. He, uh, it looked like he had a lot of fun playing that role. Yeah. Just watching him. He did a great job. And, uh, I definitely want to mention him because he he really he did great. This movie wouldn't have been the same without him. Yeah, he went all, all out like the only other real notable performance I can think of is his role in Rambo. And he mm -hmm. definitely wasn't. Uh, <laughs> he was definitely more serious in that movie. Um, so I feel like he was able to kind of cut loose in this one. And uh, the like, the scene that you mentioned where. Uh, they take all the lobsters and he, <laughs> he's, he's so like, funny in that scene. This is your table. This is he just slams the table. Everybody <laughs> jumps. These are your lobsters. He this is your them. wife. <laughs> and he just shoves his wife. Yeah. Uh, so good. It's so silly and over the top and wonderful. All right. John Candy, unanimous decision for best actor. I think it's it's well-deserved. Most underrated performance. As soon as I saw this guy, I knew that was my pick. Like there was <laughs> there was no no question. Uh, but it's Richard Hurd as Angus McLaughlin. Well, well, your gunnels are fraught to the opinions, and your pips man is wanting some crack. I may think you're crowdy or dentists, but it's no worse than your dick hope to groan. That's easy for you to say, but what do we do about it, Angus? <sighs> Your first engineer to want a broken, and you'll ne'er be grading a coal wind with your bar sway. Uh, in layman's terms, how bad is she? She's a total pig. Thank you. <laughs> he's he's pretty great, and uh, he hardly he, even talks. He's just kind of need a big sailor. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and that's that's when I fell in love because I need it he, by tomorrow. <laughs> he is this our Scottish. Sailor, I guess. Uh, yeah, he's he's kind of this stereotype of an old Scottish person, right? Like he wears the the tam and the kilt and the whole shebang. He's got the big red beard. Yeah. And and despite all this, Scully always calls him a dumb Swede. He's yeah. Like I'm not Swedish. I'm Scottish. Calls him the dumb Swede. He is a complete. He's a walking stereotype. Um, oh yeah, but that's he, on purpose. They open the movie with him. Well, they don't, they don't open the movie with him, but he shows up and. They are tasking him with finding a sail uh, for mm -hmm. the for the Barnacle, which is a ship that they are uh, restoring to sail in the ship, uh, the race, the regatta. And he's just he's talking a mile a minute, but you can't understand what he's saying because he's <laughs> this, this thick Scottish accent. Just and, hear a bunch of yeah, <laughs> and arts. And he he brought so much energy to that role, and like it was so upbeat uh, that I just I was like, yes, that's that's the guy. 
he later on he's looking he's actually looking for the sale and he's driving from port to port he's looking and he's like i need a sale as big as a whatever i don't i'm not gonna butcher his performance (laughs) i'll probably put a little clip here but and he finally gets a sale and he shows up with it and he ends up sailing with them during the race and uh but he's barely in the movie i would say like maybe maybe 10 minutes but that's probably being generous yeah that's it's probably not even that much but he, you're right he really does kind of dominate all the scenes that he's in yep it's a good pick i you know i have expected you to uh to pick the the chinese guy who he, uh, he was my second favorite <laughs> I, I i don't even see him credited on imdb which is interesting yeah i forget his name it's like Yorku, yeah, Yorku, yeah, something like that, yeah, Yorku, yeah. His his actual name is Harry Yorku. His character's name was Pirate Musician, but they actually mentioned his name in the movie. Like the little girl says, "That's why I missed him." The little girl says, uh, "Can I go down and (laughs) can I go down below and play with Yorku (laughs) when they're on the ship?" (laughs) Is it okay with Mister Yorku? So for me. Uh, this was an easy pick. Um, it, it's got to be for me. Rip Torn is Scully. Where? Hello, me buccaneers. My name's Scully. And what might your name be, me lass? My name's Lori. And where's your hand? Oh, I don't think you want to know that. <laughs> so what's it going to be? Well, can you recommend something? Absolutely. Scully's catch of the day. It's fresh grouper. It's lightly breaded, sautéed to a golden brown, and lemon butter and shallots with a teasing hint of Dijon. We'll take five. Cartes! Mm-hmm. He um, he was great. Every every scene he's in, and his his silly pirate accent and his gruff voice and. Uh, just, just everything about that character made me happy. I, I was a big fan. Yeah, he's a he has a very fitting voice for a pirate. Yeah, I feel like that's almost his normal voice, but he just kind of turns it up a, just a, t- a tad. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, I loved watching him. Uh, I, I love the scene where he and John Candy go drinking. Um, I like watching him, you know, try to captain the ship and make calls and all that. And it's just he was fun to watch. And, and I loved every minute he was on screen. He runs this restaurant called the Barnacle. And they end up going there after they can't get lobster at the fancy restaurant. And they order a grouper. Catch of the day. It was the catch of the day. Catch of the day. Grouper. <laughs> and it's a battered deep golden brown you know with mm-hmm. such and such and you find out it's just like fish sticks yeah it's literally frozen fish sticks, frozen fish sticks. in the freezer <laughs> oh, the fish sticks play a key role later on too they do indeed we have richard hurd as angus mclaughlin is my pick for most underrated performance matt's was rip torn legendary rip torn as scully the pirate Mm-hmm. And we had a couple of uh, Yorku was the uh, honorable mention. I can't I can't think of anybody else that I would like to mention. Well, the <laughs> this guy literally had like a minute of screen time. But the guy that 
burps and the guy that was in John Candy's bed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Watching the Smurfs. Yeah. He was just a slob and he didn't he really have funny. any speaking parts. But <laughs> well, yeah. Did you see the one where Papa Smurf <laughs> took a metal bat and smashed the guy who was in his bed? <laughs> Did you see that one? Do you want to? Do you? Uh, I want to mention Carrie Green, too. I thought she did really well in this. But she played the role she she does in most of the films she's in, just kind of the kind of plucky teenage girl. But uh, she she did well in all of her scenes, I thought. Favorite scene. I And this one, I... It, again, just like Angus, this was... When I, once I heard it, I was like, this is my favorite scene. It's just kibble. <laughs> That's enough. That's enough. <laughs> Do you have a dustpan, maybe? You could just leave that, sir. Good idea. You know, you, you might have a visitor this summer, and uh, they have a dog. And uh, this is excellent. This is excellent. Uh, it's a nice little delicate. Come on, Archie. Let's go. Come on, Archie. Remember last time you ate a whole bag? You got sick. Come on, Archie. Come on, Archie. There we go. Goodbye. Come on. Have a, have a nice summer. I uh, forgot my Noxzema. Uh, have a little patience, dear. He does have a bad burn. And my daughter. I wet my bed, Daddy. No, sweetheart, you didn't wet your bed. You wet their bed. Mm-hmm. Um, but they they get this fancy house after they travel from Chicago, or I think that's where they're from. And uh, they get moved in. They find out that they're in the wrong house. They're moving out. John Candy looks like a geisha. He's got sunscreen all (laughs) over his body and he's wearing this Japanese uh, kimono thing. (laughs) Really looks ridiculous. Wielding that statue. Yes. (laughs) He drops uh, kibble all over the floor. Their dog's uh, dog food. He's trying to pick it up. They say, leave it, leave it. Just we'll we'll take care of it. Uh, he's about to head out the door and he's like, oh, I forgot my I forget what he forgot. But he goes upstairs and he comes back down and he's carrying his youngest daughter. And he's like, oh, and I forgot my daughter, too. And she says, <laughs> oh, he forgot his Noxzema. That's what it was. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, and my daughter. And then he's walking out and she says, I wet the bed, daddy. And he's like, it's not your bed, honey. It's their bed. (laughs) The family, they kind of look at each other and the the poor wife's trying to keep the husband from flying off the handle. It's a great scene. Yeah. It's a, it's subtle, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, but it it was very, very well delivered. And the little girl, uh, I wet my bed, Daddy. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. not your bed, honey. It's it's their bed. For me, you know that scene is up there. It's definitely one of the best, but um, it's not the one I went with. For me, my favorite scene is is when Jack goes up to the barnacle when he's bored. You're wrong. You're wrong. I'm trying to tell you that as a fighter, pound for pound, my boy Jimmy Cagney will disintegrate your Sylvester Stallone. He'll knock his block off. In a street fight, maybe. Yes, I give you that. But not in a movie. 
especially now with today's cinematic advancements. It's technologically impossible. Do you have any more of those little oyster crackers left? You ate them all. Oh, they were so good. Maybe I'll just have another beer. They're pretty filling, aren't they? Basta Mesa! Yeah, it's probably better for me. That's a fine shot. Okay, count them up. Who threw this one? Uh, blue, that's you. All right, I win. Hey, big winner there, Skull Man. <laughs> I love you, Skull And he gets drunk with Scully and, uh, you know, they, they, they're playing darts and, like, Scully <laughs> has a hook hand and he's got one in his hand hook and he's like, who threw that Is one? Is that you or me? And John Candy's like, uh, it's blue. That's you. And he's just like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, how did you throw a dart into your own hand? Yeah, how did that um, even happen? <laughs> you know, they're trying to tally it up and not a single dart hit a board. They're just hanging in the ceiling. One's in a ceiling fan going round and round. Most of them are in the wood. And uh, they go out and they go boating. And you can tell, like, it's a, it's a bonding scene where these two guys, they, they make really good friends out of each other just in this one night of drinking and, and having a good time. And really it's the first time you see John Candy really let loose in my opinion. You know, he, he's been uptight and nervous cause he doesn't do a lot of vacations. He, uh, he wants his family to have fun, but he's hurt and he's sunburned and everything's going wrong. And he finally starts having a good time. I feel like in that scene, mm -hmm. he's drunk, he's hanging out on a sailboat with his friend they're talking about sailing and it's just it's a real good scene. Yep, that's a that's a good scene. Uh, the one that I as an honorable mention that I wanted to mention was uh, the um, this is a good Al Pellet scene and just shows how much of a jerk he is, is the uh, funeral scene. John Candy goes to pay his landlord and finds out that he has died. And so he goes to the funeral home and he's about to hand over the check to what he thinks is the new landlord. Well, it is the new landlord, but the new landlord is Al Pellet. And he's at the coffin signing the deed. Uh, yeah, he closes the coffin <laughs> so he can um, sign it. Yeah. yeah. He turns around and they realize who each other are. And he rips up the check that John Candy gave him. And he's like, uh, he lifts up the coffin. He's like, I would he's like, I would have paid you so much more for this property after, he, mm -hmm. you know, that, that was a pretty good scene. Uh, honorable mentions for me. I liked the uh, in the ship montage. I was going to add this as an honorable mention for unfortunate candy situation, but it's really not. So I'll go ahead and I'll say it here. Um, there's a scene where his wife is on the top of the deck and she's painting the uh, the surface of the boat uh, and yeah. she winds up painting herself. Uh, into the mast and she can't go anywhere and she realizes it and she's stuck and uh, Jack John Candy sticks his head out of one of the, uh, the openings to the bottom of the boat and he sees her and he kind of chuckles and he's like ah oh, painted yourself in the corner did you and she's like yeah what do I do now and uh, he looks down and he's like I don't know I did the same thing down here <laughs> uh, I thought that it was it, it was a sweet moment it, the the wife and the husband there they had really good chemistry Mm -hmm. uh, in particular in that it, it was it's something that I could see happening to me 
And uh, yeah, it just it, that scene. I don't know something about it. The the conversation and how casual it was, and um, how they talked to each other. It was just it made me feel good. You know, I laughed, but I felt good. Yeah, and uh, I really liked that scene. So I'll go ahead and mention that as an honorable mention. Okay. Real short, kind of nothing scene, but it, I like it. It sticks out to me. Um, while we're on scenes, I wanted to mention uh, something I thought was weird. At the end, they find out we kind of hinted at the fish sticks. They realize they've got a freezer full of fish sticks in the bottom of the ship. And so they just start throwing the fish stick uh, containers out into the ocean. Mm-hmm. I'm like, they're they're littering all over the place. Like ah, this was the eighties. <laughs> Nobody was thinking about littering. Both both me and my wife were at the same time were like, they're just littering everywhere. <laughs> just mm-hmm. Throwing this junk out into the ocean. I thought that was interesting. All right. Favorite scene. Uh my pick was when they're leaving the wrong house and the daughter says she wet her bed and John Candy replies, it's not your bed, honey. It's their bed. <laughs> and uh, Matt's pick and he was. Bills uh, all the dog food. It's so yeah, good. it's good. Uh, Matt's pick was uh, when Jack and Scully get drunk uh, mm-hmm. and end up going sailing and playing darts. Final category. Favorite unfortunate candy situation. There's so many to choose from. Yeah, I mean, it's. A lot of this movie is that, uh, so there are, there are many choices. Uh, but for me, it was when he ends up going to the neighbor's house to look at the neighbor's breasts, and he comes mm-hmm. back, and his entire house, rent, rent house, is full of beach patrons. Cut that out! Come on, get out of here! Okay, who's getting a cheese omelet? Oh, right here. You got it. Now, how do you like it? Fluffy. Okay, coming up. Look, I gave you $18. I gave you $14. I gave you $16. I've been wearing the best pair of pants. And you break the zipper. Wait a minute, this is important. You broke the zipper, and I have to have those pants tonight. I only have two pair of pants from Florida. That's 50% of the pants. Like there's there's people on the front porch. There's people there's a guy cooking. uh, (laughs) I think he's cooking eggs or something in the kitchen. Yeah, like an order up. He's he's like cooking (laughs) orders for people. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And uh, there are people listening to music and he bumps into someone and they act all put out, (laughs) not knowing that he he is paying for this house. Uh, and then finally he goes upstairs and there's the guy with just cigarette ashes and sand and dirt. He's covered in everything. He's watching TV with their dog and the dog's just loving it. And he runs him off. Like at that point, I would have just like I'm not a person to anger quickly, but I just would have. I probably would have just stood there in disbelief at first and then <laughs> tried to do something after that. But 
Yeah. I mean, what happens there is, you know, when he goes to the neighbor's house, he leaves his door cracked and a lady comes up to the house and knocks on the door. She has a little girl who has to go to the bathroom Mm -hmm. and she's like, hello, hello. And uh, nobody answers. So she's just like, "Okay, just go in there and be real quick. And while she's doing that, another guy runs up and goes up to her and says, hey, you know, I really need to use your phone. I've got something that's going on. Can I please go in and use the phone? And she's like, yeah, just go right ahead. (laughs) And so uh, as a result, when they come back, there's just this full on like beach party going on in his house. Like the entire beach going public has taken it over as a base of operations kind of thing. Yeah. And it is just filled with people. Yeah. That those two uh, people opened the floodgates. So uh, for me. Um, I had a hard time picking between two scenes that I, I really, really liked. Um, but the uh, well, one was the painting in the corner scene, which I, I mentioned previously as a runner up, because like I said, it's not really that unfortunate. It's just a little bit. Uh, the second one, though, is is the one that really made me laugh the most, maybe in the whole movie. And that's the scene where John Candy is, is just going out on the beach for the first time. Okay, just hop, honey. Just hop. Come on up on daddy's shoulders. There we go. Here's my girl. Whoo, hold on. Whoo. Boy. Here we go. Just gotta find mommy now. Whoo, excuse me. Ow! Oh, geez, I'm sorry. Really? I didn't Hey, there was my hand. Sorry about that. Really. Just saying. Fine. Oh, oh, oh! Oh, it's a dark cooler. The thing broke off again. I'm waiting for a part from Minneapolis. Holy Your foot, lift up your foot. My lands, you're getting sand in my lands. If there's any damage to it, send to build a 415 Beach Lane. All right? You're damn right. I don't think I heard it at all, though. You big bozo. Hey, what you doing? That's my lunch. Hey, watch it. That's my hat. Hey, honey. Oh, chicken go. Sure. Oh, sorry. Sorry, girl. Sorry. Just ice water. Just ice water. Hey, oh, where are you? Sorry, well, you should have put a cover on. Yeah, look, don't you watch where you're walking? No, watch it! Uh, well, you shouldn't be cooking on the beach. It's illegal, I think. Where's your mother? And his family's out there, and he's going to meet them, and the beach is just absolutely crowded. And what follows is just a disaster, right? Like, he's carrying all his beach equipment. He's got this giant cooler with him. And he, he's trying to tiptoe through all these people laying down and he, he keeps stepping on people and kicking people and knocking over their stuff. And then at one point, the plug in his cooler comes out and starts spewing ice cold water. And everywhere he turns, he's just spraying people with this mm-hmm. water. And they're all like, oh, what are you <laughs> and uh, the, the whole scene is just this disaster where he, he finally gets to his family and everything's all right. But. He just he just steps on folks and splashes them with water and pushes them into the sand. And it's just a disaster. Yeah. And man, it got me laughing. It, it was so funny. It, it kind of reminded me of um, the naked gun scene uh-huh. where Nordberg, uh, he gets onto the ship and they're trying to, you know, bust the bad guys. And he like he backs up and he a window slams shut on his hand and then he steps into a bucket and then he backs up into wet paint and he's yeah. just like oh oh and then he falls out the window <laughs> like, it's just one of those everything is going wrong kind of scenes and it really made me laugh yeah and that really is like if you had to boil it down the entire movie that is the one classic candy moment like mm-hmm. it just <laughs> he's so good at that kind of 
Like he's bumbling around. He's like apologizing to everybody and he's trying to make yeah, it. When he, he turns to apologize and then steps on somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> Making excuses. <It's> awesome. and <laughs> <laughs> There's so many like because he uses that bit a lot. Like in Uncle Buck, he has a couple of scenes where he does stuff like that. And mm-hmm. it's it's good. He's a, a master at that. I mean, runner ups like when he has to wear the bubble leg brace. <laughs> he stands up and pops. <laughs> yeah, pops, and the the dog uh, locks him out of the house. Oh, that's a great scene too. <laughs> yeah, it's like pouring rain, absolutely pouring rain. He's trying to watch a, a some kind of sports. I don't know what what he was watching, golf, I think. Yeah, yeah, it was golf. Yep. And uh, the dog comes and paws at the door, and he's like, "All right." And he goes and opens the door, and the dog comes in and then starts whining and looking outside. And so John Candy looks outside and there out in the rain is the dog's bone. And he's like, oh, fine. So he goes out to get the bone for the dog and the dog closes and locks the door. <laughs> and John Candy can't get in. And uh, the dog gets and sits in his chair. And as soon as he does, like he was having reception problems with his TV. As soon as the dog sits down, the TV gets crystal clear <laughs> and the dog starts eating his popcorn. And John Candy's like, what? what are you doing? Get out of my chair. Don't. Don't you eat that popcorn? <laughs> and he uh, he finally just resigns himself to his fate, and he uh, he starts watching the golf from outside in the rain. <laughs> I think he even tries to take a bite of the dog bone. He's yeah, like, oh, no. he <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yep, he takes a frisbee to the nuts early on in the movie. Oh, see, can <laughs> you see? <laughs> uh, he tries to play uh, volleyball with his uh, his kids or his mm-hmm. son, and ends up knocking down the the volleyball net. It just brings down the whole net. Like, how did you even do that? <laughs> <laughs> so, favorite unfortunate candy situation. Uh, my pick was when John Candy goes to visit the neighbors, and the entire beach ends up inside his rent house. And Matt's is what do you call it? Cooler scene where he's yeah, trying to, the, where he's walking to the beach. Yeah. Yep, trying to trying to get trying to, to meet his family up, meet up with his family. Yep. All right, that is the Spice Awards. So let's get into some. Did you know? Did you know? Just a few of the uh, little facts here. Um, one of the ones that I thought was that because it is very apparent in a certain scene uh, is that Carrie Green, who played um, the one of the daughters, she actually dubbed all of the younger daughters lines. <laughs> really? Um, yeah. Uh, the one scene where it was very apparent was when she is on the ship and she's going to go down in the. the yeah, that sounded and, really weird. Yes, it was clearly dubbed by somebody, but I found out later that it was dubbed by Carrie Green. That's <laughs> that's interesting. You know, I didn't know that. And even as a little kid watching this movie, I thought that line sounded weird. <laughs> I'm going to put that, a little clip my mind's here. blown. Yeah. Can we go down to the basement and play with the Orku? <laughs> it just doesn't sound right. Yeah, it's completely off. Yeah, it sounds That's horrible. And that may be why she never was in another movie. It sounds like she probably didn't have a good time if she, you know, couldn't say her lines and stuff. Yeah. For those of you who want to visit the uh the beach that John Candy spent his summer at, uh, the film was uh 
filmed. The film was filmed. The movie was filmed in St. Pete Beach in Florida. So if you ever want to visit St. Pete Beach, you can go to the same beach that John Candy had all of his uh, fun. Uh, Summer Rental was one of three John Candy films released during the summer of 1985. The other were uh, Volunteers with his co-host Tom Hanks. Brewster's Millions, uh, which starred Richard Pryor. And of course, Mm -hmm. Summer Rental, the movie that we are talking about right now. So he was he was on a roll in in the mid 80s. Well, he was. That was his prime. Uh, so one of your favorite scenes, the uh, or mishaps, I guess, the scene where everybody winds up in the house. That was actually based on a true event, according to the uh, Just for Variety column uh, in the Daily Variety written by Amy Archard, um, as well as being found in the uh, production notes for the movie. The inspiration, um, not only for that scene, but for the entire film, came from an incident where the producer, who was Bernie Bilstein, uh, wound up renting a bit uh, a beach house. Well, he he came home one night and he found the the house absolutely crawling with people, uh, nobody that he had invited, and he was just shocked, like who are these people? And it turns out that uh, one of his clients, who at that time was John Belushi. Mm-hmm. Uh, was he was soaking wet he was covered in sand and he was sleeping in his bed and uh he took that that whole just occurrence and that's what turned into this movie and in particular it turned into that one scene where everybody came into the house and trashed it and the uh the cigarette smoking guy watching the smurfs was uh john belushi that's <laughs> like you can even picture john belushi as that character Yes, you can. Like, <laughs> it would have been great if he could have actually cameoed that. Yeah, for sure. So filming, the filming schedule for this movie was extremely short. Um, it took only seven weeks to film this movie. That's and pretty incredible, especially you, when you consider all the boat scenes and everything. Yeah. And, in, you know, the typical shooting schedule for a, a movie is like probably more than double that. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, that's being generous. So that that is quite a quick uh, shooting schedule. So, yeah. Sounds exhausting, too. It probably worked a lot in those seven weeks. Yeah, I would imagine so. So in this film, uh, as we've mentioned, Jack Can- John Candy plays a guy named Jack Chester. Um, he plays in, in, in another movie. Uh, which I, let me preface this with saying this movie, Summer Rental, it's not my favorite John Candy movie. Uh, I, I love this movie in terms of its comedy and the way it makes me feel watching it. But it's not my favorite. One of my favorites, I, I don't want to say it is my favorite, but one of them is The Great Outdoors, where he, he co-stars with Dan Aykroyd. In that movie, he plays Chet Ripley, uh, which will, you know, it, it doesn't really fit into this movie where he played, you know, Jack Chester in Summer Rental. But uh, there is a scene in The Great Outdoors where uh, Dan Aykroyd refers to John Candy's character, Chet, as Chester. And uh, he yells back, don't call me Chester. Call me that one more time and you'll go home with a dent in your forehead. So um, I don't know. I don't know the story behind that. I don't know if it's intentional or not, but he, he refers to John Candy as the character that he plays in summer rental in the great outdoors. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, that's really hard to say 
in a comprehensive way for me. But <laughs> I think you get the idea. Chester's Chester. All right. That's going to be our episode for tonight. Uh, you can join us in two weeks. We will be reviewing RoboCop starring Peter Weller. I think it's a very appropriate movie. Right about now. Maybe. Maybe not. We'll see. Maybe not. <laughs> we'll you see. better comply and listen next time. Yes. Dead or Alive, you're coming with me. We'd love it if you'd subscribe to the Cinnamon Men podcast on your podcast player of choice. And you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, head on over to cinnamonmenpodcast.com to check out new and old episodes. We always love to hear from listeners. So if you have a suggestion or want to give us your take on a movie, you can email us at feedback at cinnamonmenpodcast.com. Check us out on Twitter at twitter.com slash cinnamonmenpod. And yeah, I just want to add on to that. You know, I've said this before in some of our earlier casts, but John and I are, are very amateur at this. Well, we do it for fun just because we love movies and we love talking about them. We're we're kind of learning as we go. So hopefully the podcast is getting a little bit better. But I think we would really benefit from from comments, suggestions, criticisms. Um, you know, let us know what you think. How can we do this better? We, we want to be as good as we can at it. So please send that feedback in and we'll uh, I promise we'll read it and, and take it to heart. Absolutely. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks, everybody.